All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? we got a very special guest coming up. Episode 35 is tonight, guys. Tons to talk about. Tons of We're Chiefs. Veterans. We are veterans now. Tons of Chiefs talk to, so to, to give you guys tonight. I appreciate all of our listeners for the first 34 episodes. And for those that have had a bear with us, I unfortunately have to give you guys another episode of us talking mm. about Chiefs football, which is why. We brought in what I call, and I think I'm the only one that's ever called him this, or at least the first one, the pride of Arrowhead Pride. Mm. And yes, I am being, I'm, I'm, I'm being very, uh, is it flat? What's flat? What's a word, another word for flattery? Your nose is pretty brown. Is that that's it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, up, have, it's up there. We have the pride of Arrowhead Pride, my dude, my friend, Mr. Kent. Swanson, let's go for Kent Swanson okay. tonight. Let's, How just, buddy? let's just pump the brakes on yeah. clapping every time. You're so good, man. You're so Honor. good, what you do. <laughs> the 35th episode, it's a big milestone. Yeah, man. It is. It's a big milestone. It's one of my glad class, to too. Yeah. I, I really want to thank myself for uh, for getting us here. I really <laughs> I really appreciate it. Didn't really start taking off to those second episodes, which you know I made my appearance. Yeah, that is true. That so people felt bad. Though. You're all welcome. That poor soul that's on your show, man. I don't know what someone's got to bring the good looks to the studio, man. I mean, that is true, you. and I'm really glad all the cameras are here tonight for us to, <laughs> to see your good looks. I have a face for radio, bro. That's exactly what we yeah, are. Absolutely. We're really glad to be here, guys, tonight. Uh, thank you, Kent, for being here with us, man. It means a lot, as always. Um, as I said, there is a crap ton of Chiefs football to talk about because of the fact of just how insane. This entire year has been, and I think, Kent, you can even elaborate on that even more than we can because of how much you guys take on at Arrowhead Pride at AP, man. And, you know, the start of this offseason to right now, I mean, it feels like we've – it feels like we aged like three years mm-hmm. in this process, oh, yeah. maybe more because more just how much has happened. Like, we wanted success. We wanted to have fun. I didn't know we were going to take on this much in just an eight-month span. Right. It's insane, man. And, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously last time you came on – you explained on how you really, you know, came up and how you got to where you're at now with AP and, you know, what got you started. I'm not going to ask you to do that tonight, but I, I would like it if, if we kind of started this episode off to where you kind of just give us a little idea of what exactly this season has been like so far. Only, what, seven weeks through. I mean, how insane has this been for you so far, man? I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, it's just like there's so there's been so much that has happened and obviously all of it kind of falls around Patrick Mahomes ankle. We've kind of got to see like one quarter of what healthy Patrick Clavon Mahomes looks like. And it's really frustrating that we haven't got to see more because I'm just telling you the the little indicators on the tape, the little indicators on what you saw during the preseason, like this dude was it would have been it would have been absurd that he would be able to move around and do some of the things you're used to him doing and being able to process the game at such a high level. So I get that's where it kind of starts for me. You know, you've got, you know. The, the the litany of injuries that they've had, like that whole thing too, trying to navigate that these last two weeks, you know, or the two weeks before 
Denver, where you had that you know that stretch of, of losses, like there's just been a, there's been a lot to unpack, and it's kind of been a very you know there's just a lot of like ups and downs for the season so far, and we're only seven weeks in, and, wow. and now we're facing another one with with Patrick Mahomes being out for at least this week. Like it's it's absurd, it's crazy how much that Chiefs fans have had to endure so far. Right. It's 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 that's what I'm saying. Like I, I I've been a Chiefs fan my entire life. Some of my earliest memories was hearing my dad cuss out the TV during Sunday night football games or Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon football games. I, th- th- that's what I remember. I can't recall. And Trevor, you, I, help me out here. Mm-hmm. We're only 14 months apart and we grew up in the same house. Super close. Yeah. I can't remember a time where it felt like, like here we are as a, I would still say that the chiefs have a chance to be a Super Bowl contender this year, despite all the injuries and oh, what, what we're facing yeah. but, without a doubt. But I still feel like this year has been, been on Twitter so too long. Yeah. You've been on Twitter <laughs> way too long. Cesspool. Anybody that follows me knows how knee jerk I can the be AFC's on Twitter done. as well. Yeah. But no, I, I can't remember feeling this stressed though. Like, mm. I, I mean, it, that makes sense. Like as, yeah. glo- as glorious as it can be. And like you said, we saw Patrick for like two drives healthy right. this season, and it was so much fun. Yeah, you know, even despite all that, like I just feel like I, it's just been so it's it's worn me down, Kent. It really has worn me down. I don't want to make this like a woe is me. No, no, no. I feel like there's still some it's, bright it's, sides it's, it's coming up. It's less stress for me than it is like de- feeling depravity. Depravity, right. like you feel like because you know now all of our weapons are healthy. Now Mahomes is out. It's like one or the other. Yeah, you know, Chris Jones is out. You know, it's like one or the other. There's always something missing. Like you said, we saw that one quarter. Yeah. And we saw what we were doing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's been a, a solid defense pretty much all year. It looked uh, easy. Yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> for me, it's like less stress. It's more like anticipation yeah, of what we know is going to come once we get everybody on board and Dude, everybody's back I on the field I found a together. gray beard hair. I'm just telling you guys. <laughs> I got a lot of gray hairs up on the dome. Like, I'm just telling you. Like, I, here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I've, I've talked about this for like the last – couple years like with Mahomes and and him just you know going in his starting from zero to 16 just you know blowing the setting league on fire no one in Kansas City is used to this no one in Kansas City is prepared to handle the gift of Patrick Mahomes and it it, the the problem is it's it's a blessing and it's not a curse it's not a curse at all absolutely but there are there are times and we're in it right now we're experiencing it basically for the entirety of the season where you know, this burden of of having the best, a transcendent talent and probably the best thing to happen to this league in 30 years mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, having this guy in our city, in Kansas City, mm-hmm. leading this football team, creating expectations beyond the wildest imaginations of Chiefs fans leads to these big emotional ups and downs that you have to just deal oh, with yeah. and you have to endure. We're and on eggshells, man. No one's used yeah. to this. We are not used to it. it we went from... Alex Smith, a middle-of-the-road quarterback, to literally the best quarterback in football. Mm-hmm. There was no buffer. No. There was no ramp-up period. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, this kid, this Mahomes kid, maybe in a couple years down the road. No. It took, like, the first time he got on a field to know that he was special. Yeah, he's a bombshell that's out of our league, man. He is! And that's how it feels. Yeah, so, like, this, there's a lot of anxiety that's been created because this team is experiencing something that, no no one has literally generations have no clue what to do with a franchise quarterback literally generations of people yeah so that's where we're at right now and mm-hmm. that's all these emotional roller coasters that you're going on right now worrying about Patrick Mahomes knee and his long-term longevity yeah. I'm worried about what Patrick Mahomes is going to look like when my kid graduates high school <laughs> you know because of what's going on right now it's 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 so yeah. it, no one there's no one and it's it's understandable there's no reason we should be 
understanding what we're going through right oh, yeah, now. Yeah, it's all new, man. Yeah, that's the thing is, I mean, like, like you said about the bombshell, like, it's Dude, true. Like, yeah, I, picture, I picture Patrick as like this hard 10 and we're like a soft six. Yeah, you know, yeah, Kansas City, yeah. Like, six. We're not used to we're that. We're a Midwest six. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's a Cali 10. Yeah. yeah. No, that's Cali 10. Dang. Nice. Well, yeah. well, no, I, I, I think that that's, that's a lot of it is, is in, in this week has been a, a, an absolute perfect demonstration of that. And myself included, because I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know how to handle these things properly because as soon as Patrick got hurt, you know, Trevor and I get on the phone and I think our season's yeah. done because the way he was holding his hand, I thought he tore his ACL. He yeah, broke his I leg. called you immediately, dude. It's My over. Stomach sunk it's over. Floor. Like the season's over. That and, first and hour after public. the. Mm. Yeah, dude, I was in public and I was gonna cry in front of like eighty people. I'm not even ashamed to say that shit. I was at a birthday party watching the game. And you're I like that ball. You're like that Trump pro- protester. Nah. Exactly, <laughs> it triggered as hell, man. I was so sad, dude. I really thought the season was over, and we've been sitting here touting this season up and you know mm-hmm. and promoting yep. the hell out of it, like, and it's over, just like that, you know. Very Kansas City mentality. Yes. Yeah. Very. Kansas was me. The yeah. shoe is dropping. It, it was yes. The it was, it was, I, I'm yeah. tweeting out like hate towards Andy Reid, and I love Andy Reid, yeah. <laughs> but I was so mad because i thought like and that's what i'm going to get into i don't want to i don't want to talk about the play call again because we talked a lot about that yeah. last week with cody and that was something that you know obviously i didn't like the play call it was the context of it it's a freak injury like you told me can't you talk me off the ledge this whole <laughs> week bro like we were texting about it and and and, and yes i 100 agree it was a freak injury there's nothing you can do about it i just didn't like the context of the call because i felt like you could have ran the ball with your running back or anthony sherman because the ball was moving very well on the ground didn't feel like it was necessary to run patrick patrick up there in the quarterback sneak the point, though, is is the Chiefs, Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes in particular dodged a damn bullet because it should have been way worse than what it was. He had a dislocated knee, no real ligament damage, and all week long, I, I was of the belief that there's no chance in hell Patrick plays this week against the Packers. You and I have been texting about yeah. it, like I said, and all of a sudden we see him at practice Wednesday, then Thursday, and Friday, and I'm yeah. thinking, he's not really going to play, right? And I remember I even texted you, Ken, I was like, there's really no way he's playing. You like you were obviously on this. You were firm on the side. I want to speak for you. Obviously, you can elaborate yeah. on it, but you were firm on the side of saying, "Look, he's not going to play this week." But Minnesota is definitely in play. You, you, you feel like they're going to be a, yeah, chance, it's a chance just because of how look good he looks. Yeah, already. he's already practicing in full. Already like, out there doing drills. Yeah. And obviously, you can see that he's stiff on the leg. The point though is, is that we are in a position now where our hopes and dreams are still very much in play. Like oh, yeah. I, I've been listening to you guys on your shows talk about that, like how up in the air things are still – it's not over. It's far no, from over. You even dude. wrote the article, and I want you to expand on that a little bit about what you talked about in that article, man. I mean I just – I think ultimately like this could wind up being a decent thing for the Chiefs if it's not a long sustained issue. What could happen here is you could get – the likes of Eric Fisher, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Patrick LeVon Mahomes all back in a very <laughs> short window of time. Yeah. And then that group, healthy for the first time all season, including Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, they could just go out and just run the table yeah. the remainder of the season. That's including the playoffs. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, everything is still on the table for this team if Mahomes can get healthy, if they can sustain and weather the storm for the next couple weeks. If they can just get through these couple games, maybe they steal a win. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll steal one. If they can just get everybody back, they could do everything you ever wanted this team to do. And it could be a good thing for Mahomes because his ankle's going to get time to heal too. It just depends right. on, I mean, the knees, <laughs> we'll see. Like, the, there's a very real chance of re injury. Like, I hope people understand. Like, there's like a 40 to 7% chance that he gets re injured again. But, yeah. 
Everything is on the table for this football team. As long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to lead this team, they can do anything. Um, they can go into Foxborough in week 13. No doubt about it. Yep. They really can. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like super optimistic, but I really believe if Mahomes is healthy, they can do anything they want. Well, let's not pretend. And to, to add to your point about the Patriots in particular, and I don't want to go deep into it, but to the point about them, I don't feel like – I know this sounds crazy. I, I don't feel like the Patriots are like this unbeatable team. I feel like they have just as – I feel like they have some serious struggles on their offensive oh, side. absolutely. They look like ass. I don't know. You like yeah. to say cheeks. I'm going to say ass. Yeah, and they're, they're so desperate. They gave up a second-round pick for Muhammad Tanu. That's I'm not crapping I'm, on Muhammad Tanu. What, is he 32, 33-year-old wide receiver? expensive for he's that not guy. good. No, he's had like he's six, he's had six touchdowns second, in the last like crazy. five seasons. For a second-round pick, you know they're kind of desperate much. for them to be giving that up. Way too That's my point. So I feel like what you're saying is 100% correct. I've been the guy that said if they lost Patrick Mahomes for four or five weeks, I do think the season would almost be over at that point because I don't mm-hmm. think the Chiefs can win three or four games in that span. Do you want to know? Do you want to know the biggest the the biggest point of frustration for me right now is is the Colts and the Texans games because those two games are really what could yeah, wind we're up going into them. this with a couple home losses. Right. right. If right. if Mahomes like let's say Mahomes had to sit out for six weeks and so he's not back until after the bye week mm-hmm. and they go on four. You, sh- you you look back at Texans Colts at yeah, home. Have the leverage now. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where the season really turns. You could wind up being very frustrated about those two games. Sorry, continue. No, you're fine, man. That's actually that's kind of going to what I'm like my direction with this whole t- conversation because of the fact that the Chiefs they don't they're not. I know I know that the AFC West looks like it's pretty much all done, and I agree. I think the AFC West yes. is horrible this year. There's well, no question. Next two games are NFC games, not right? AFC games. And, and they don't play they don't play an AFC West opponent till the Chargers. I think that's in what four weeks. Yeah, and then four there's games. the bye week. Then they have the Raiders. Yeah, but they've already beaten the Broncos and oh and Raiders and the Raiders in their houses. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs do have a little bit of a cushion there. I agree. I understand all that. I'm not. But see, here's the thing, Kent, and I think you'll agree with me on this. If we came into the season saying, "Well, let's just win the West," then the the goal's there. Like yeah. it's still obviously like, "Oh, well, our season has been almost completed to sure. this point." But we came into the season with Super Bowl expectations, and to your point about the Colts and Texans game, the games, the the, the frustrating thing about it is those games should have been wins. Like it wasn't like we went into those games going, "Man, we better have a perfect game, right. or these teams are going to beat us." We were the better teams going, better team going into those games, mm-hmm. and those are the type of losses that can. Fuck you over at the end of the season. Especially at home, man. Well, especially when you're going to be facing or you're going up against the Colts and the Texans for that two seed. Yeah. And here's my point about something. I don't want to just jump all over the place, but I want to get I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on this too. I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter, Facebook, all over the place, and I'm talking a lot of Chiefs, and I'm not trying to over exaggerate. I'm seeing a lot of Chiefs fans that are almost already conceding the one seed. Now I know that sounds crazy because the Patriots are undefeated. They have a weak ass schedule. They play in the Sun Belt. Yeah, basically, like, let's yes. just be honest. Yes, like, they, they play horrible. They played horrible competition. I think they're embarrassing. I think, I think all, all all their teams combined, they've had won twelve wins. Something it's in, like that, in yeah. seven weeks. That's yeah. stupid. And but the my, Bills are five of them. But the Patriots, yeah, yeah. Good. the Patriots, the, the Patriots will be facing some tougher teams down this stretch. And as I talked about the inabilities on their offensive side, Tom Brady is falling off. I don't care what anybody says. He has not looked good. Uh, their, their run game has been terrible this season. It's been very spotty at best. They do not have a lot of talent at wide receiver, and they're banged up at wide receiver. They do have they have no talent at tight end except I think a 35-year-old Benjamin Watson. Right. My point in this is <laughs> – He's 40. Is, He's yeah. even older than Is that. he really 40? Yeah, 40 Jesus. Yeah. Dude, I did not know that. It's I crazy, knew he was old. Right? But – Here's the thing. Up on you. Here's the thing. They have the Cowboys, the Eagles, or whatever. I mean, they're they're in between. Um, uh, I think they have to go to Baltimore. 
They have us, the Chiefs. You know, they, they, there's games in there that the, the Patriots can lose a couple. They will. If the Chiefs were to pull off a miracle and beat the pa- the Packers, <clears throat> and then the Patriots drop a couple games later in the season, you're talking about the one. So what I don't understand is, is that it's almost like this given up kind of mentality. And I, I don't, I don't like that too much. Cause if we still have this belief that this team is good enough to win a super bowl, they need to be going after the one seed still in my eyes. I don't there's feel like never, playing conservative. There's never a sure thing in the NFL though. That's, that's what, what I'm that's, saying. When I hear hot takes like Colin Coward, when he said the AFC is over all that, there's never a sure thing. We even saw it last year with the Patriots and they were, they were literally better last year than they do right now. I mean, defensively they're better this year. And they went 11 and five, but I mean, yeah, we saw when they needed, they needed to take care of the AFC. They lost to the, the Miami Dolphins at the end of the year. Like things happen and and they lose to trash teams like that. I mean, that's like you said, they they have tougher matchups coming up and I can definitely see them losing a couple in those games coming up. So well, that's that's we'll see, that's where I'm at right now. Like I said, I think more than likely the Patriots, because of the way things have shaped up, they're probably going to get the one seed. Yeah, but what I, I'm saying they should is, take advantage of what we're dealing with right now for sure. You broke yeah. it down though, Ken, about how you're going to be getting everybody back. The wave. Yes, yeah. I mean you're talking. I mean the Chiefs aren't just missing players; they're missing all pro players. Mm-hmm. Right. So once they get these guys back, the goal should be. Let's try to win every single one. I don't know if they're going to think that, but I'm saying that the mentality has to stay consistent. And my question to you, though, Kent, with this defense is I don't believe the Broncos game was legit. I don't feel like the defense has all of a sudden turned this massive corner. In, in a game like the, against the Packers, everyone's bringing them back that December of 2011, a 2011 game. Well, they beat them 19 to 14, and they ran the ball 39 times, and Kyle Orton had 299 right. yards. It has like, nothing to do with right it. It has now. nothing to do with right. What, what, if, if, and we're going to talk about this in the next in the next segment as well. But do you? What is it about this defense that you see that you think? And I know Craig's more of the defensive guy, but I know that I can trust mm-hmm. you with your opinion. Yeah. What is it you see about yes. this defense that you think they can build upon from the Broncos game? So I, uh, I think. I think some of the things that they've done to this point, I think are I, I think they're sustainable. The, the interior, of the defensive line looked a lot better, and it wasn't right. just because they were playing against Joe Flacco; they were actually playing better. So there's there's players that have actually stepped up their game a little bit. The linebackers playing a little bit more downhill, playing a little bit more aggressively Rattling, downhill, stopping the run, good. being committed to it, um, flying around. Uh, those are those are things that are sustainable. Now. Do I think the entirety of that thing was sustainable? No, and here's why. Right, <laughs> the linebackers are not athletic. They are not an athletic group. Mm-hmm. They are going to struggle in, call, in coverage for the duration of the season. Like flat out, that is going to happen. Uh, and if you, you're committing and you're putting a lot of effort into stopping the run, Tyron, Tyron Matthew spent a lot more time in the box this year or this week, this last week. Like those kind of things, those are great. You stop the run. That's awesome. Well, against Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew can't be devoted to the run, and no. he's you know, got the blitz. He's got well, he's got a, he's got to play in coverage. You might right. you might see a two you might see a too high you know shell, mm-hmm. and those linebackers are going to get exposed in coverage right. because they're so aggressive and if they're being too aggressive and they're not they're athletic enough as it is. Rogers, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to try. Who? Who? Yeah, that's, I know, man. Who's pressuring? I, it's just, <laughs> They 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 got they got the work cut out for them, and mm-hmm. it's not all sustainable. But I don't want to completely just dunk on them either, because there's a lot of things about what they did last week that were sustainable and were good. Mm-hmm. It's just it, there there's still things that this group is going to get exposed on. In fact, I think the cornerbacks might wind up getting exposed this week. Like that's something that the cornerbacks have skated off this last seven weeks. I don't think I don't know how sustainable that is. Yeah, but I don't want to like I I think they're I think they're on their way. Like, don't get me wrong. This group is on the way. 
They're yeah. getting better, and there's things that are going to be better, and then they're going to get a lot of talent back. I don't think I don't think the production is sustainable. The production, <clears throat> as far as the numbers and what we did against Flacco, because he was just a statue back there in the pocket. But I do think what is sustainable is the mentality that we saw yes. out there. The, yes. The grit that we saw. Because we haven't seen that up until that point last week. Ownership. Not, not at all. We, Ownership yeah, guys, guys just, you know, chomping at the bit just to yeah. get in there and get gritty. And we saw, you know, we saw Raglan come in there and, and bring a new energy that we needed and from that from that linebacker core. But, he, you know, him being in certain packages is good for, as, as far as the stuff in the run. But it, like you said, in, 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 in coverage – Raglan's going to be a liability, so we're going to have to find Hitchens and Raglan and Will. Like they're all bad. Wilson's supposed to be a good coverage guy. He's like he started out decent in week one, but he shows shows some good things in camp. But like he's got speed, but he's just uh, he's too linear. Yeah, yep. He doesn't have the the lateral movement for sure. Can I know you've answered this question probably a million times? Um, I'm not going to answer it. Yeah, (laughs) so I'm going to I'm going to have to pull out my 45 and force you to do it. Let's find your quotes real quick. Catch you later. You want a beer on the way? Road, road beer? Yeah, there's no um, way that ends bad. <laughs> no, but um, do you do you see the Chiefs making any type of move? Because I'm 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 listening to Rez. I'm listening to a lot of other guys. They're saying that they think the Chiefs are going to stay put on the defensive side in particular. Do you do you foresee the Chiefs make any type of move? I know Leonard Williams has really shown up lately on the news board. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patrick okay. Peterson stuff's pretty much dead, even though I'd love for that to happen. I think the Cardinals do believe in themselves, unfortunately. Yeah. But do you any, – any, I'm not even talking about like a huge splash because I know you 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 know you and I have talked and you, and you think that they're going to probably make these you know non-sexy moves. Do you, do you think that's going to happen? Or are they just going to literally just stay put? So I do I think they're trying right now? Absolutely. Do I think they're trying to make a move? I absolutely think that they're looking at all kinds of options. Whether or not they're able to actually execute something, we'll find out. I mean, what they're willing to give up, what they're willing to give up, and what's actually available, and if their assets going to line up with you know some of these other teams because it's really hard for you know a lot of team people expect like the thing that Trez said about the assets the Chiefs have being devalued by teams around the league is real. I mean, it's yeah. really hard for them to to match up with some of these teams that um, the difference between a mid round first round pick and a late first round pick is significant draft capital. Like it's, you know, oh, yeah. it's a third, it's a second round pick sometimes to, to move up, you know, from there. So you got to look at it from that perspective. Do the chiefs need to get a first and second for a guy? Like, I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick was going to take a lot for them to get. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, int- I'm not betting on a move happening, but I 100% think they're trying and I think it's on all levels of defense they're looking. My follow-up question to that then is, if let's say the Chiefs don't make a single move, and it, this is the defense they're going to have for the remainder of the season, is it good enough in your eyes? With a Patrick, with a healthy Patrick LeVon Mahomes, do you think that's good enough to get to the Super Bowl? You answered the question with the last little bit. I like that. I, I like mean, that. it's Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's always been about Pat Mahomes. It's always going to be about Patrick Mahomes. It really is. And this guy is more than capable of doing it. This is a better defense than you saw last year. Right, I was just going to say that. And this last, and this, this, this team or last year's team was an offsides penalty mm-hmm. from going to the Super Bowl. So everything's on the table. It doesn't matter. Obviously, you would like him to be better positioned on that side of the ball, to be more dominant, to have more things tied up. But I'm never betting against Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. ever. He, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be able to keep this team in a Super Bowl run every yeah, year. It's just a matter of health, man. And we we could have something in Rashad Fenton too. I mean, I hope I hope we can see a, a repeat performance from what yeah. we saw last week. I mean, we, you never know, man. There's always stories of you know these guys that are. Overlooked or underdrafted that come in and make a you know a, a 
pres- they make their presence sure. known. So I mean, he played well, and I don't know. I mean, we just got to see what we can we, we could do moving forward. <coughs> I, I, although, although I do like the thought of Patrick Mahomes, and then you know, the rest is history. I like I like that mentality because we've never had that. Mm-hmm. But real quick before we go to break, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, Kent. Do you think that the Chiefs rely too much on Patrick Mahomes, and if not? When is it going to be like? What do you think is too much to rely on him? Because I, I don't want to see almost like a Peyton Manning in Indianapolis type right. of thing, where if he's gone, this team's winning two two games. Like, are you okay with them relying so much on Patrick Mahomes? Because I think this week is going to really show us just how valuable he really is. Um, but, but do you think right now, as it currently stands with this team, do you think they they rely on him too much? I think there's been some times where they probably have uh, schematically. You know, maybe Andy didn't put his foot on the gas pedal as far as, you know, some of his creativity and some of his design, he's holding some stuff back. I think there's like a, I think there's a struggle, you know, with, with, especially, you know, with, with NFL coaches, it's like, you don't want to show too much too quick. So these guys, the whole point of an NFL game is not to score as many points as you can. It's to score as many as you can to win the football game. You don't want to show all your cards too real, too early. And that's, that's a very real thing. You've got to kind of contain yourself so that when it comes down and you got to have it late in the season, you're able to run something that you haven't shown on tape yet. Philly special. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, something like, yeah, sure. Like the, the Chiefs against the, against the Patriots, they ran stuff that they hadn't run all season with, with some of the man beaters and stuff like that. So Andy Reid's kind of always got to be mindful of how much he's showing and how much he's not. I think he might have been a little too cautious at times to this point. Uh, I think the last couple of weeks he needed to keep putting his foot on the gas pedal with some of his creativity and getting some stuff drawn up for these guys because they needed the help. But I think there's there's a there's a balance there, especially with Mahomes is injured and you're not sure what his full capability is, right? Right. So I think that's where the, the challenge is. I do think there's times where they lean on him a little bit too much, and that's not always a bad thing. I think it's been detrimental because Mahomes has been hurt. Sure. I, everything goes back to that ankle and yeah. now the kneecap. Yeah, because everything. I do think that you know, obviously, Andy almost like rests on the laurels of of having Patrick of, of Patrick Mahomes. Sure, he's never had anything like this. I do think, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I, I what I don't necessarily like is I feel I almost, and this is just me. I feel as if Andy sometimes has fallen in love too much with the highlight reel that Patrick Mahomes is to the point that, yeah, I agree that, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you have to keep some things close to the vest, but I feel like there's been a lot of times he's basically like, hey, Patrick, just go out there and create magic. That's fine in week five, but when the season starts to progress, you're going to have to help him out schematically. So although yeah. I, I am I'm 100% with the idea of holding some stuff back, as I was listening to Binkley on the way here on 610, he was saying that Andy Reid still holds plays from back in his BYU days. Mm-hmm. So this dude's got plays for days. Yeah, It's just, please help Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Because I'm not saying he's not helping him. I just feel like there are some times I'm watching the way that the fluidity of the offense, it's almost like they're putting it all on Patrick just well, to create Especially something. in the first quarter. Especially in the first two quarters when we have our scripted you know, yeah. series is ready to go. Because that's one thing that I we've all noticed since his years progressed is the lack of efficiency in our opening drives and our inability to put points up early like we did all year last right, year. Right. And that's that's really hurt us a lot, man, in a lot of these games. And we should have, like you said, the Texans game, the Colts game, we should have won those games because we started so slow, which is so odd for us. We're not used to that. So uh, tweaking that, yeah, and getting our opening drives and our few, first few series tightened up and, you know, get the scheme ready. I mean, I know we've been down some guys, but 
once we get all guys together, I think that'll change for sure. I, I think the opening script against the Texans was really good because they went mm-hmm. down and scored. And then their opening script in the second half was really good. But then they just kind of stalled and they stopped running some of the stuff that they were doing and having success with. And they, they kind of leaned on some, Yeah, but I think, again, like I think it's just trying to manage – pat manage that whole situation i don't know if it's there's not a manual on on managing an injured player like that right so like you got to try to navigate that whole thing and i think that's really i i do think that's the root of all of this um we don't we didn't they didn't even really get into the script all that much against denver and i don't know what they were going to do altogether ultimately with him because he definitely looked hobbled against denver yeah he looked very stationary they were being very cautious it seemed like yeah so i mean it there's a lot of context to the entirety of the season, which I think goes back to what you talked about earlier. Is just this thing is, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. If I wasn't already, everyone. if I wasn't already bald, I'd be bald. Well, yeah, I mean now, now it feels now it feels like we're just trying to like get healthy for the playoffs and prepare for that instead of like you know going on a really good run yeah. this year. It seems like we're all just kind of like hiding in a tent, ready for everybody to get healthy, and then boom, yeah, and make a run for the playoffs. Yeah, and I I think I think there's no complacency at Arrowhead. Right now in the building, they're going to go out there. They're going to they're going to they're going to give them a game this week. They're going to well, give them a game this week. I'm glad you said that. That's our segue because when we get back from the break, we're going to get Kent's thoughts on this week's game against the Packers Sunday Night Football. It's Matt Moore season. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twoodle, here inside the KC Beer Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twoodwell. What up? And Arrowhead Pride's very own Kent Swanson. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Do it for Eddie. We, yeah, shout, out, shout out to Pour Eddie for, out. Uh, for deciding to, you know, skip on us to go to the damn WWE thing at uh, Sprint yeah. Center. And I really appreciate that, Eddie. Bum. Shout out, out to Eddie for. Out there yeeting away. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you and your fellow 40 year old buddies are having a good time, like Trevor said before the show. <laughs> Eddie's the only reason I came. Yeah, That's I came what I'm so. Yeah, thanks a lot, Eddie. I mean, you left us with Kent, who's supposed to be your friend. I was really disappointed. He's here to see you. I kick it ball, bro. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> kick it ball. Let's talk about Eddie for this segment. Let's, yeah, the Chiefs. Let's talk Eddie. <laughs> we miss Eddie. Why is he so quiet? Drive safe, Eddie. I miss his breathing. What's with his face? <laughs> Mr. Musk. We should get an apartment together. <laughs> so we, we uh, and I want to say, guys, uh, real quick, uh, if you go to commandeerbrand.com, uh, and put in Spoken 10, promo code Spoken 10. You get 10% off all your purchases at Commandeer Brand. Definitely visit them at CommandeerBrand.com and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, let's get back to some Chiefs talk because that's why we uh, brought Ken out here tonight. Um, yes. We left it off with this matchup with the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs for Sunday night football at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs are at risk of losing three straight home games, which will be the first time in the Andy Reid era. Uh, that'd be really tough to accept. Um, as it's looking right now, not only is Patrick Lavon Mahomes out, uh, Matt Moore season has begun at least for one week. They are also going to be missing Chris Jones, Eric Fisher, Frank Clark, I believe. Uh, 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 Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller with a fractured thumb, I believe. Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley with the sprained ankle. And the hopes and dreams of Kansas City. And the hopes and dreams. Yeah, that that is uh, they are doubtful as well. Yes. Um, 
this is this is going to be a really tough game to talk about, man. Because I'm going to yeah. be I'm going to be realistic. I know there's been the hype machine. I, I think I heard Bill Moss try to say that he thinks that the Chiefs are going to win a close game because of the attitude and picking up because your leader's out. I, I get all that stuff. That's like very Hollywood, and it's very like it's exciting. It's, it's, it's warranted. Though. I mean, I get it, you know, because and, and I get like you know they did, like I said we just talked about it how they beat the crap out of the Broncos, so you're feeling good about yourselves, but. 10 days rest, Andy Reid, getting to scheme dude, it up. Sure. Sammy nine, Watkins dude, back, Tyree nine years ago, Nine years ago, we beat the Packers when they were undefeated. Oh, yeah, I okay. forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> just somehow, you know, a game almost nine seasons ago has something to do. No, the point 100%. is this. 100%. <laughs> Kyle Orton's playing, right? Right. <laughs> right. Romeo Cornell is on Paul the Martin. sidelines, right? You guys ever notice that Kyle Orton kind of looks like Dave Grohl? A little bit. Have you ever I, like, no, I see no, it. Yeah. I totally see yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. I always kind of thought about that. But, no, I, this, this, this matchup, just from the naked eye, is a tough one. I think that even if we had Patrick Mahomes with the high ankle sprain playing this week with the injuries the Chiefs have, I think that we'd be sitting here going, man, the Chiefs are really going to have to bring it. Now you don't have the MVP. Now you don't have the best player in the NFL. We know that for sure. Matt Moore, you know, experienced veteran, you know, a guy that, funny enough, he was actually at Kyla Murray's pro day as a scout. scout, And now he's actually going to be playing. So he knows the games. (laughs) Um Look, Kent, you're going to have to break this one down. He's never played before. He's a smart fella. (laughs) Knows the game. He's been to one or two. He's a a film rat. He's got like 45 starts under his He's not supposed to be playing, but he knows the game. Kent, give me me your – I'm going to let you have the floor, man, because I know you've been touching on this a lot, but how are you – what do you see – happening in this game so okay i full disclosure i picked the chiefs to win this football game uh most of it today i heard you on the podcast yeah, today it's mostly like positive. it's mostly like a blatant homerism right now <laughs> because it's, the city needs a little bit of positivity <laughs> like i don't know what it is about me but like i it's not even like trying to be contrarian i just felt the need to like just to sh- inject some positivity into like our podcast <laughs> i'll i'll tell you what i it, it, it it could go exactly how everyone in the city thinks it's going hey, to. The placebo works, man. I mean, right? Like, <laughs> thing. Sugar pills. I, yeah. it, 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 I don't have a ton of expectations for this game. Just flat out. The Chiefs have nobody playing. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just like uh, a pint, like a, a, a parking cone, <laughs> a trash can. Oh, wait, that's just Cam Irving. My bad. <laughs> um, I, they don't, I mean, they, they're devoid of talent. Like, don't get me wrong, but I, I, yeah. there's, Let's just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop and just talk about why they could win. Let's do it. Let's talk Let's about why it. they could win. Fuck it. Go for it. I don't even. I don't even know. I feel great. Feel, feel great about this. <laughs> Matt, Andy Reid getting that time to prep. Yep. Matt Moore not having a ton of tape, not knowing what they're gonna do. The entirety of their weapons, the entire arsenal is available. Yep. You got Sammy Watkins. You got Tyreek Hill. Those guys are both uniquely capable of taking a easy, the easiest throw on the pl- planet that Trevor could complete. Yes, and Trevor sucks. I'm terrible. Trevor, Trevor sucks. Yes. sucks. Yes, he was always the wide receiver. <laughs> he can. This is true. They're capable of. They're capable of doing big things. You saw Sammy Week One just burst through the Jaguars secondary on a slant route. So you've got yep. that going for it. You've got a guy that can move the chains with Travis Kelsey on third down. He's a guy that can create big catches. You've got a week and a half to prepare your run game. You've got a week and a half to get Matt Moore up to speed, get him back into the groove of things a little bit. And I think to Billy Moss's Hollywood takes, Mm -hmm. I think there is some ownership and some accountability on defense where they all look at it and say, okay, we got to go step our game up. We got to take it. Now, it could mean nothing, 
But I bet you that that defense had a good week of practice. That would be my guess. So here, here's where I'm at, though, Kent. I'm just going to be real. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of, you know, this defense, you know, turned a little bit of a corner. They're feeling better about themselves. But here's the thing. Like, if, if we found out, you know, today, hey, Chris Jones is good to go, I feel like that would really, like, bring things together. Like, man, we're getting a piece back. We just had a great week. You mm-hmm. know, without him, now we got him. We're at home. It's Sunday Night Football. Everybody's feeling good. No. Not only do we not have Chris Jones, the guy who had a great week last week's out with Frank Clark. He's gone with a yeah. neck injury. And I don't even know what that really means. That's yeah, kind of scary to think mysterious. about. Like, it's kind of scary. I haven't heard from him since right. Denver. It's, it really freaks me out, man. So that's where I feel like, although we can feel good about what happened, I feel like reality could really set in really quick in this game because, like you said, we got literally parking cones out there <laughs> and Cam Irving, a.k.a. in the trash can. I mean, there's still these guys are playing, and, and, it, and it, it, to me – it really sets a precedent early. I, I I get, you know, everybody's, you know, like we don't need a win this week. You know, this game doesn't really matter. That's what scares me, though, is that I feel like it, this game isn't going to really matter, and I feel like the Chiefs are going to – there's a potential. This might be the first time the Chiefs get blown out with Andy Reid as the head coach. That's a fan-made narrative, though. That's not how Andy Reid and the coach I, I get the he'll, I get that he'll prepare the team. My point is you still need the guys. Yeah, we and don't so, want to lose three home games. Of course they don't. Of course they don't. I'm just just saying. Like I think, I I think that I think we're going to be okay, man. I think we're going to. I think this is going to be a competitive game. Because as as bad as as bad as the Chiefs are hobbled right now, the the Packers are feeling really good about themselves. That's that's not a good place to be. That's why I like head and arrow. Here's the thing: held high. Aaron Rodgers just had his Mm. best game of his career. Sure, but he's he's a guy that can arguably be the best quarterback we've seen talent wise outside of that game this year. Though he hasn't really had a game like that, and it was no doubt. And it was the Raiders, and the Raiders were already bad, and then now they're banged up, and they've lost multiple defensive pieces. So. That's not much bragging rights heading into this game. I mean, I mean, we might be worse right now defensively with our injuries, but I just I don't know. Like 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 Ken said, with our weapons all being healthy, they have not faced an arsenal. Whether depending on who's at the helm throwing the ball, they haven't faced an arsenal like this. The best team they faced off, offensively is probably the Vikings, and that was before the Vikings were really chucking the ball. Kirk Cousins sucks. He's <laughs> almost as bad as Matt. Well, especially against the Packers, especially. <laughs> Don't you dare! Hey, hey, Don't hey, you dare! Hey, the Lions, Lions only lost by one against I kept, Packers. I kept myself restrained from saying that. For now. <laughs> Actually, hey, and they lost to Carson Wentz. I mean, I'm not saying Carson Wentz is trash, but they they've been struggling bad this year. Yeah, I heard you say Carson Wentz is trash. So. No, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. So. We, we can we can dub that and make it sound like this. I actually am a big Carson Wentz fan, yeah. but I he's been struggling this year, and they've been as a team has been struggling, obviously. Um, but I like I said, with the Arsenal guys, with Tyreek Hill opening up the offense, I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a big game, and I think we're going to use the screen game a whole lot because I think they're going to be ready for our running game because they know we're going to depend on the running game with Matt Moore at the helm. But that's what makes me Matt Moore sneaky for throwing downfield. I know this is a tough secondary. <coughs> they have a good secondary and they have a good defensive front. They've been really bad against the run. One, actually, I think second worst against the run. So I think they're really going to get up first, trying to stop our running game because they know we're going to try to attack that. But I think Andy Reid is smarter than we think with that stuff. I think he's going to know they're going to try to be ready for the run. So he's going to really, really, really go heavy on the screen game and help Matt Moore get the ball out really quickly with the left with Eric Fisher being out. So that's that's well, Kent, my is, is, is that where you're at right now? Because I feel like this is if Andy was ever going to have a game where he really put his stamp on it, it. Yes, this it. would have to be it. Right? It has to be it. It has to be this one couple yep. things and i'm look lance what's probably going to happen is everything you're talking about like let's just the likelihood is they're going to get the break speed off them on national television but the raiders gave up 21 points last week fumbles yep turnovers in the end zone all that kind <laughs> of stuff like <laughs> Derek car being Derek car being trash you don't do that <laughs> like look the the, the packers probably are going to come in thinking they're going to beat the brakes off the chiefs 
Uh, they're feeling good about everything. They may not take this game as seriously, even though they probably should. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not saying all those things are going to happen, but I think those are all little things that if the Chiefs are going to win, that's how it's going to look. It's the Packers don't take them seriously. They don't have a good week of preparation. Um, the defense actually isn't as good as you think they are. The weapons make a play. Matt Moore doesn't turn the ball over. They get a defensive touchdown. Those are the things that, that they got to do to win the game. Mm-hmm. Th- that's how it happens. What's probably going to happen is Charvarius Ward is going to get exposed as being not good at football. And Bashad Breland's going Possibly. to just drag, you know, care, be dragged by Geronimo Allison down the field. And he's not going to let go. And they're going to call 85 holding penalties. Like, that's what's <laughs> that's probably my gonna... only real fear with this is the penalties. Well, yeah, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers chucking down the field and getting PIs left and right. Go into this. I Don't go in this game with expectations, but enjoy it. Because we expect them to get the brakes beat off him because that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> but enjoy the experience and see what Colin Saunders is up to. See if Rashad Fenton's up to. See if this team can pull things together because this team is more than capable of doing that. They, they are. They, they, this. This game is not over. This this isn't this isn't the you know this isn't the Patriots against the AFC East. Mm-hmm. This is an actual competitive football game. Yeah, like it's a four line. It's a four point spread. It's not fourteen. It's this not. Of, this is one of the best teams in NFL right now that we're about to face without, sure. without our best player. But th- this is still a well coached football team. No. There's still talent on the field. It's not the same we're level of talent that's actually team. on the yeah. field. They, they're more than capable of pulling this off. I think there's definitely going to be a fight. I, I definitely think the Chiefs are going to come out early mm-hmm. and attack. I think that Spagnol is going to have the defense engage. I think Energized. Yeah. I think, emotional. I think they're going to. I think. Rested. Yeah. They're going to. They're going to try to get in Aaron Rodgers' face. The problem is, like I said, first. I, I hate to be the downer mm-hmm. here. It's just that I don't think they have the guys that can get to Pat, to, to uh, Aaron Rodgers because of the fact that they don't exactly they that's don't the, that's the whole but, thing. So so although you can come in with this aggressive, you know, motivated mentality, you know, let's get one for Pat, you know, let's do this and this and this. You got to be able to play the entire game and be effective. And and sure. Matt Moore, I understand, like you said, that, that those are all factual uh, statements about you know how the Raiders gave up those points, stupid plays, yeah. turnovers. Well, the Chiefs have a backup quarterback this week, yeah. and backup quarterbacks are known for that. So I'm just trying to be the guy that's that's just being a little bit more realistic. And to be honest with you, yes, it has a lot to do with the fact that we're not going to have Patrick this week because of the fact that I forgot what it was like to have fun watching Chiefs football without him. So it's going to be really tough for me as a fan to try to find enjoyment in this game. Even if, let's say let's say the Chiefs win, right? Let's say the Chiefs win. It's going to be tough for me to like really like process that for a week, like. The Chiefs just beat a was it a six and one? Are they six and six one? Six and one. Six and one Packers mm-hmm. without Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Eric Fisher. I mean, the list goes on. Kendall Fuller. Yeah, they won. Like that's going to be tough for me because obviously we'd be happy as fuck. But my point is, is that this shouldn't happen. It really should not happen in, any, right. in any form or fashion. Having said that, what you brought up was a good point. The fact that they're not expecting this to be a blowout, I think, gives the Chiefs a little confidence. I think they realize that hey, you know what? Although that this is not the Broncos we're facing this week, there is an opportunity for us to steal a victory because that's what this would be. It's theft. It's yeah. straight up theft in your own house. Out of his pocket. Like, how crazy is that to think? And and, and, and this is on. This is honestly a great uh, game and opportunity not only for Andy Reid but for a lot of the defenders that are healthy on this defense, like mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew and these guys, to show. Because I think Tyron Matthew calls himself the Warden of the West, of the yeah. Midwest, or whatever he calls himself now. Like I like the nickname. I yeah, think yeah. it's awesome. If you go out there and lead a victory and you give us an Eric Berry against the Falcons or Panthers in 2016 type of performance, right. I'm going to start believing in this team a lot more than I do right now. Yeah, Because I do, as I brought up before we went to break, 
I think this team does rely too much on Patrick Mahomes in more ways than we think, even as fans and even as you know, sure. you, you cover the team the way that you do. I think that this team has a it's a it's a it's a very it's a we're in the crossroads right now. Because if the Chiefs go out there and get blown out by 30 at home, we're gonna be looking at this team going, they got a long way to go. Because if it's Patrick Mahomes and nothing else, this team I don't believe can really win Super Bowls or become a dynasty. If they go out there and win this game, or at least like it's a three-point victory for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is feeling really good about the guys he's playing with, and I'm sure he already does, but the point remains this team is different in, in two different ways. There's two different extremes you can go off of this game, and I think it's only going to be two extremes. I think the Chiefs are going to get the, their asses handed to them, or they're going to sneak one out. I think that there's only two things that are going to happen in this game. I, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel, though. I'm going to be real. I, I feel like the first one's going to happen. I can already tell like how you don't feel. Like you're, you're, Your emotions are all over the place because like 20 <laughs> minutes ago, you are like, let's not give up on the one seat. <laughs> and now you're like the season's over if they lose by 30. like I told you man this season has worn me well, out no, I know I'm hurting understand yeah. like this is the whole thing I'm talking about it's yeah. like the expectations the emotions like it's a lot to handle for there's this so season. much mystery to heading into this week man. yes yeah. I, I will just say like the what happens in this game has no bearing on how I feel about right. this football team at all yeah. if they get beat by 30 I that doesn't change anything I think about this football team yes maybe they do rely on Patrick Mahomes a little bit too much but guess what that Patrick Mahomes is the one guy you want to lean on. Yeah, and one thing I, and anyone one, else in the national football. Yeah, and one thing I do know is football players. Anybody who's ever been competitive, anybody who does anything and, and refuses to hates to lose at things is when you, the biggest motivator is when you're being doubted. Yeah, and you're being talked down. The on. Patriots and, 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 and nobody, you got, you nobody got people, believed in us. Yeah, they got that yeah, shit. Yeah, no, right, no right. believed in us. Okay, call that noise. You got, you got national personalities on TV telling, pretty much saying that we're done. And yeah, the, the, the race is over. They hear Nothing it. is more motivating than that, especially as a defensive player. You want to go out there and crack some heads after you hear things like that, especially when our back is against the wall. And the Chiefs have notoriously played good when our when we're being doubted and we're the underdogs. We notoriously play bad when we're expected to win for some reason. I mean, that's all changing with Pat, but still, <laughs> nothing is nothing is more inspiring when you're being doubted. And that's anybody who's in any kind of business and trying to succeed at anything. That's what the defense said about the Denver game. Absolutely, yeah. We, they were like, we heard, we heard all that. That's what I'm saying. That's what. That's why I think can, we did flip a know. switch mentality-wise in that Denver game. Yes, I know the production was great that game. I'm not expecting that production every week, but that mentality. If we bring the mentality and we try to get after Rodgers and we try, Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison do not scare me. I they think shouldn't. our corner. I think our corners should be able to hang with these guys. Yeah. I know Valdez Scantling is a burner. He's just fast. Yes. like that's and like and all of these. And I think Traverius Ward can stay with him for the most part. And it, it, it depends on the we'll pressure see. that we're bringing to Rodgers. We'll see. I, I know, I know. They're I, not going to bring pressure to <laughs> well, yeah, what pressure? I think if we're bringing four, yeah, good luck. I think but they're yeah. going to have to bring four, and I think they're going to just have to man up across yeah. the board and say, Yeah, we're going to have to man blitz for sure, a lot of that. Yeah, but, but I mean, uh, Jimmy Graham's actually the only one that really Trust me, me. Trust me when I say I am. I would love nothing more than the next time you're on the show, go, hey, man, remember a few weeks ago when the Chiefs beat the Packers? I hope that happens. I'm just saying the, the realistic side of me, I was already going to this game even if Patrick ends up playing. Like, if they would have said, you know, we're going to bring out Hobble Mahomes, I'd be like, okay, I'm still worried as fuck yeah. about this game. So it's just, it's just a tough place to be in right now. And I, I get what you're saying about this This game you don't think matters very much. Well, it, I'm, in, I'm actually on I'm the other side of a good that. game for Matt Moore, so. I'm on the other just, side of it, though. I'm a, I'm I feel like this game does mean something, though, because of the fact that 
this is one of those opportunities for the Chiefs to go against a real Super Bowl contender. I don't feel like the Texans and Colts are real. They're good teams. I think they're both playoff well teams. Well-coached good teams. I don't think they're both Super Bowl teams. Colts. By the way, the Chiefs will beat the brakes off the Colts and Texans next time they see yeah. them. I agree. By the way, I, agree. I, I, don't, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is healthy. It's two dubs, and they're 7-0 right now. I agree so, with you. I, I digress. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. There do, I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just really saying, irritated by them. I don't know why. Think about – think about CL, AFC South can just die. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, think about this for a second because, you know, I know you understand, like, you're saying that, you know, it won't change your perspective on this team if they – you know, whatever happens in this game. Mm-hmm. I actually don't agree because if – let's say the Chiefs go in there and win, win this game. That will change things for me because I feel like they're – putting themselves in a position where although we don't have the MVP, we're beating great teams. Like that is something. Sure. There is something to that. Oh, I, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I just think it's from a, if they get blown out of the water, that's really like that side of it's not going to affect how I think because of how much talent they are devoid of right now. Sure. If they go out and they pull together and this group, as currently constructed, can go out and do it. I think that is massive for this football team mm-hmm. from a energy perspective, from a confidence perspective. From like, think of Colin Saunders is getting opportunities he wasn't planning on getting, right? And he starts playing well, he starts getting confidence. Now your defensive line is deeper, guys. You trust is deeper. So like, confidence is contagious too, man. I think it swings. I think I I think there's like enough enough going against them where I don't think it affects how I think if they lose, if they win, I'm going to be like, okay, look, look what they got building here. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think not having Pat and I think not having Chris Jones and Frank Clark and all those guys on the losing side gives everybody enough understanding of like, okay, we can beat this team. We were favored to beat them Mm -hmm. when everyone was healthy. Now we're only what? Three and a half point. Now we're four and a half points. Okay. So like, fuck it. I, I I don't want to say like this, this game means nothing on my perspective. What I am saying is I am not coming into this game with any kind of dread mm-hmm. if they get if they get beat because yeah. look what look how much money is sent on the sideline right now too. Yeah. Like I mean that's really where it falls for me. Well and the pressure's off of us right now because yeah. we're the team that's expected to lose. So a lot of teams thrive in that kind of atmosphere where you know what? We have nothing to lose. Everyone's expecting us right. to lose. We got all these fans in our home stadium not really expecting us to win, but they're here cheering their asses off for us, you know, wanting us to win, but expecting us to lose. That's a motivating factor, man. And teams can get up on that, especially guys that are backup players trying to make a, a name for themselves in this defense, especially. I mean, offense, I'm not too worried about. I think would, we're going to put up some points. Would you, I mean, if you're game planning for the Chiefs for this game offensively, obviously you have to run the ball 35 times, right? Mm, okay. The run pass options. The stuff that they, you know, they've used a lot of. Mm-hmm. Matt Moore had a lot of success with those last week. Yep. That was something he was doing a lot of. He was standing up and just throwing out routes day and night, like just easy, you know. Like, so I don't want to completely take that away. I don't think it's going to be a thirty-five time run the football game because I do think they want to try to give these guys opportunities mm-hmm. to make plays. I think Matt Moore will challenge every now and then. They'll they'll, they'll run a couple shot plays to try to steal a big we got, explosive we got play. Tyree got there for a reason. Steal man. a touchdown the same way you saw on the on the on yes, the league. You know? Which, by the way, was the same play they ran Sammy Watkins in the Jags yeah. game. So I think Andy Reid's going to scheme this game up to try to get some home run hits. Yep. But I I I I would like this week because I. 
I'm not one of those people that bashes on the run game as much because I actually think this run game can be effective. If it's Andy, not been that bad, it's exactly. just they don't use it enough or not, that much. Yeah. I don't even know if it's enough. They just don't yeah, use it much. They, they don't use it much. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I would define it. Mm-hmm. I feel like this should be the week, though, to take some pressure off Matt Moore because Patty, Patty can handle it. Patty can handle throwing the ball 38 to 40 times. Mm-hmm. But this is the week where the Chiefs say, you know what? Let's let's play a little reverse role, a role reversal here, mm-hmm. where teams know how to beat the Chiefs. Just time of possession, yeah. you know, contain, you know, don't let them get big time plays. You know, let's let's control this game. The Chiefs need to use that against the Packers this week because the Packers are that offense this week. The Chiefs are always that offense with Patty, mm-hmm. yeah. hobbled or not. So if you can go in there and get the ball and control the, control the ball for thirty plus minutes, I think the Chiefs could legitimately win this game. Yeah, I, I really mean, do. Yeah, and if there's any weakness to this Green Bay defense, which is similar to ours, and for all being, or if you look at the stats. We haven't allowed very many home run plays, uh, we, but we're horrible against the run. We've been allowing people to gash us with the run, but similar to the Packers. They're actually worse against the run than we are, surprisingly. That, Bron- have- that Broncos game helped big time. Well, to- <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> but Things were looking good for this defense statistically before the pay- or before the Denver exactly. game. Exactly. It's not so, as bad as people are making But they have, very, they have a very slow linebacker course similar to us. Yeah. Their lateral speed with their linebackers is very poor. So if we start doing some end-round you know, plays, you know, some, some misdirection runs – you know, some guys that didn't, you know, get some speedsters going, but in the backfield, you know, get Tyreek in an end round or a reverse play, something, make those guys laterally try to beat us or catch up with us, get guys in space, you know, a little dink and dunk and then home run play here and there. I think we're going to put up points and I think, I, I think we're going to surprise some people. That's what, my opinion. Do you think the Chiefs' best chance of winning the, winning the game is to lean on Martinez Rankin? And, and 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 Cam Irving and Austin Ryder to open holes for no. Lashawn McCoy. This is why or, I think we're going to pass more than people think. Or do you try to put the ball in the hands of Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins, Absolutely. who can turn a short Travis throw into a touchdown? Well, here's the thing: when I say when I say run the ball, I'm not saying that hey. Run the ball 135 times, knowing that we're going to get 190 rushing yards. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's what the Packers. The are offensive expecting. line, the offensive line is bad right now. There's no question. Even even Mitchell Schwartz has struggled sometimes this year. Yeah, but not his best year. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at it from a balanced perspective. I want the Chiefs to go out there this week saying, "Let's win time of possession." Because when you have Patrick Holmes, I ran a stat. I actually looked this up. This up from his first uh, game against the Broncos in 2017, Week mm-hmm. 17. The Chiefs before he, before the Broncos game were 10 and five. In games they didn't win uh, time of possession right. with Patrick Holmes. That's insane. You don't often win games like that. Well, I'm saying like when, when you have an offense like this, you're going to win games like you don't need to win time of possession. Is what I'm saying. It's not a it's not a priority. Yeah. But now that you have such a condensed version of what you have at quarterback, you're going to have to focus on things like that. At least in my opinion, I feel like you should worry more about keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field. That the Chiefs need to play more. I understand the weapons are out there. Yeah. But they, they're not going to be utilized the same way. So utilize them, obviously. Take the deep shots. Make the defense respect it. But I think the Chiefs need to play a little bit more of a conservative-style offense to where you're controlling the tempo and telling and dictating to the the, the Packers on how this game is going to go. Because if you allow Aaron Rodgers to go out there and play on the field for 32, 35, between 32 to 35 minutes, you're not going to yeah. beat him, That's I, in wants. my opinion. Right. You're not going to beat him. He doesn't turn the ball over enough. Yeah. The The – I think the time of possession. I don't. I don't like the time of possession argument. I'll just flat out. What I, if you want to have a conversation about reducing the number of possessions in a game, I'll hear that. Just score points. It's 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 about what you do with the possessions you get. But how did the, how did the Col- how did the Colts and Texans beat the Chiefs though? 
uh, Patrick Mahomes' ankles hurt. I, I, I mean, like flat out, like that's no what it was. They weren't good. They disrupted sure. the timing, all that good stuff. Like, I, I, there's, there's a lot of reasons that the team that the the Colts beat them. And sure, if you want to say it's we reduced their number of possessions, the number of them, and that's what happened. I'll, I'll hear it. Mm-hmm. I totally, one hundred percent. But like the amount of time that runs off the clock is not what is ultimately what is what is the factor to me. It's what you do in the possessions that you get. The Chiefs lost rhythm. Pat was hurt. Pat was limping the last two-thirds of that game, was unable to create, was unable to do the things that he was able to do, and they were off. He was off throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit impatient. He was playing hurt. And so if if the game had turned into, if it, if it was just a game of I we give each team nine possessions, the Chiefs are going to win most of the time, Right. That's really what it is. Like that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. I I hear the argument for like if you want to talk about time, like if you want to talk about trying to reduce the number of possessions, I'll hear it, but you've got to do enough with those nine possessions. Yeah. If you want to make it a nine versus nine possession game or a nine versus ten or a or a fourteen versus fifteen or a four whatever, you've got to be better in those nine than they are in those nine. Sure. So that's really the argument. Yeah, I, I guess like, for me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and like picturing it all with Patrick Mahomes in 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 frame, you're you're putting a lot of pressure on him to because if you have like limited possessions, you're putting a lot of pressure. And I saw it in the Colts and Texans game. How he almost felt like he had to make a big time throw. He mm-hmm. almost had to. Right. Like last season, he just did because he could. He didn't necessarily have to all the time. Mm. It was that he just could. Now with the time of possession, the reason I'm so big on it in this, I don't really worry about it any week other than this week. I'm just saying because of the fact that the Chiefs are going to have to play naturally a little more safe, I would like it to be more of a conscientious effort to control the ball. I just, right. And, and I, guess, I, I guess they I, go inside to side. They go I, inside. And I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't do it to the detriment of scoring points. Absolutely. I and that's agree. where it's like, that's where the challenge is. There is more, it's, it's more lucrative yeah. for you to, to throw the football, yeah, when it is comes down, way more lucrative, and right. so you can't really eliminate. You can't. You can't be so conscientious of I'm going to, you know, turn around and hand the football to Lashawn McCoy too much because if you do that too much, you are restricting your ability to score points, and they've mm. got to be able to score. And that's points. my point is I think that if the Chiefs can run the ball for thirty plus times, that tells me if I'm look if I'm just looking at the box score, I'm saying. Man, the Chiefs must have had a really good offensive game that game. If they were able to run the ball that many times, that means that Andy Reid had a very good schematic game because of the fact that they had the ball more than the Packers did. That's what I'm talking about. Possession, time of possession, the amount of possessions. I'm talking about I want to see the Chiefs go out there and dictate the game. I want to see them tell the Packers how it's going to go to where Aaron Rodgers has that pressure on him that Patrick Mahomes has a lot of times. Yeah. You come into this house, let because as, as depleted as the defense is, the health, the offense is getting healthier. Mm-hmm. You get Sammy back with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. One of the only few games that they've had them all season together. Right. So let's make this offense dictate this game this time. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Like, let's make them tell the Packers how it's going to go. Their, I would like their to linebackers see cannot hold Kelsey, and he's. I, I, I would like to see him finally have a I big know game. I've been predicting him for like three straight weeks yeah. to have a really big week because he should have. But here's the, here's but the one, yeah. one thought about that though is the Chiefs' offense dictates how the game is going when they are good, and then they score because scoring is ultimately what dictates the game. Right? There's ways to go about it, but if you're scoring, you have you're dictating how the game is going. Yeah, and so like that's where. 
you've got to have that conversation. I understand if you want to try to make it a nine possession game and you hope you get lucky and you hope you can just out, you know, and throw Aaron Rodgers out of rhythm and all that stuff. I, I'll, I'll hear it. I, it, you just can't be at the detriment of that offensive efficiency. Yeah. Like that's really, it, I, I think they should, I think they should run it a little bit more. Like I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I actually think they should design some runs no RPOs and just turn around and hand it to them or actually just devote to the rank. So running the football so they can get downhill. Like I think that should be part of it. No doubt. Yeah. But don't eliminate the RPO because Matt Moore looked good with the RPOs and don't eliminate throwing the football either. Cause you've got playmakers. Okay. You know, that's where I'm at. I agree. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about Brett Beach when we get back after this. Oh. Casey hemp company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas city shipping nationwide agent plant, for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast, segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the Casey Beard Co. studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. Yo. And the pride of Arrowhead Pride, Kent Swanson. Hello. Hi there. Greetings. Greetings. Salutations. Say it. Holler. Kent was just talking about how much he loves the show New Girl. Yes. Yeah. I actually, uh, me and my, me and my queen going through it right now. Yas queen. It's a good show. Yeah. It's a good show. It's funny. The Back guy's here. the best part. Schmidt was my guy, dude. I, lo- I love Schmidt. All the dudes were hilarious. They didn't need, they didn't need Zoe Deschanel to ruin it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess they just needed her for the bitch. song. Like the, who's that girl? It's Jess. Hi, hey, I'm adorable. <laughs> hey. I'm totally hey. a nerd. My eyes are blue. And then you poke it out dress. Oh, look at my baby. Who's my machine? machine? Nick, love me. Okay. Wait, don't love me, Nick. We're going to listen to so the, the records. Let <laughs> <laughs> me you bring this up. I have a lot of takes about Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Maybe we should just have another episode, like you run just, it through. You know what I mean? Need to do it. We need to do another uh, show. Yeah. Just based on making Bashing New Girls. Bashing yes. New Girls. Because I agree with you. I think the guys were the best, clearly they the are. best part. It's not even close. Like, they just, they needed some indie folk hero to come in and play a ukulele. <laughs> and I just, I have a lot of some takes. Hips- I have a lot of takes about New Girl. Well, she was a teacher, too, wasn't she? Like a hipster yeah. teacher. Oh, Power my, my children. My yeah, children. Inspire the future. So bright. Inspire generation. Conserve <laughs> energy. Dude, this, this episode's going to this derail <laughs> very fast. Can we do a redo? Well, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about something that's even funnier. Uh, a whole minute and four Brett Veach's draft picks. Oh, um, gosh. So, uh, Brett Veach, I've been of the belief that Brett Veach <sighs> is just simply Andy Reid's assistant. I, I don't mean to disrespect him, but I feel like that's kind of how it is. I feel like. John Dorsey was too much for Andy Reid as far as a power struggle is concerned. Whether you like John Dorsey or not, he did bring a lot of talent to Kansas oh, yeah. City. His contract situations really sucked. And a lot of blew up in his face. Blew up in his face. Absolutely. No question about it. And everybody, everybody tries to associate Patrick Mahomes being drafted in Kansas City to Brett Veach. I remember early and often we heard, well, that was Brett's guy. I remember even talking to Brett personally at training camp in 2017, and he told me after I wrapped up my show out there with Shaggy Shane and Clay Windler, he told us to our faces, this has been a guy I've been watching for years. I believe that. I do I, too. I do believe that Brett Veach has been a, a, a decent scout, and he saw Patrick Mahomes. He goes, this needs to be your guy, Andy. I believe that. Mm-hmm. I but do. I don't believe he was the one that pulled the trigger, obviously, because he wasn't even the GM yet. The point is this, is that since we've seen Brett Veach as the GM in Kansas City, I have not liked what I've seen. And I'm just going to be totally real. I'm going to get your thoughts in a second, Kent. I think, you know, Trevor, you'll be able to expand on it as well. 
I've given him every opportunity in the world, and, and granted, he hasn't had any first round picks since Patrick Mahomes was our he was our last first round pick. Part of that was his fault, but part of it was we'll his fault. There. Um, we can go there. Breland speaks. You know, it, it, it goes down the list. You don't want to talk to me about the 2018 draft class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, and, and that's well, I that's understand, probably I understand where I'll go. Why. Yeah, that's exactly. probably where I'll go. <laughs> I, well, I listen to your podcast all, all the time, man, and I've heard you you know explain this, but I think a lot of our listeners should get your sense, your thought of what the climate is right now with Brett Veach in Kansas City. Because, again, I do believe he has to run everything by Andy Reid because Andy Reid runs the show here. But at the, end, at the end of the day, do you believe Brett Veach is doing a good enough job? Because my question I posted out there on our Twitter account was, um, are you comfortable as a Chiefs fan with Brett Veach building this team around Patrick Mahomes for the next 10-plus years? Ooh. Kent, what is your answer to that? Uh, I don't know yet. And it's 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 a very nuanced question, and I've probably been the biggest supporter of Brett Veach among my my show, um, but I'm kind of wavering a little bit too. Here's the thing: I think there's a lot. I think there's some good things that Brett Veach has done to this point that I, I really like. I like some of the things he's done to build some of the interior of his offensive line with guys like Andrew Wiley and. Uh, Rankin and I think some of those kind of moves and some of those like small smaller deals that he's done I think he's really built the bottom of the this roster he's built depth but there's also a part of me that looks at how he started his his tenure his first draft was abysmal mm-hmm. and if you listen to us when we were talking we said it was abysmal when it happened Breland speaks I don't understand why you would trade up for him right I he was he was not in my top 100. Derek Noddy is a solid football player, and he's he's had a kind of up and down year. He was really good last week, mm-hmm. but showing flashes. He, he right. traded up for him in the third round to get a guy that plays on first and second down, and sometimes <laughs> only first down. And so, I I think I think the biggest indictment on where we are at with him right now is there is not a cornerback on this roster that you're excited about for 2020. It's Charvarius Ward and Rashad Fenton. That's your cornerbacks next year for 2020. That is the only cornerbacks on the roster. He made such a giant bumble with the 2018 draft class that he didn't address corner, and he's not getting anything out of all those picks. And that's really everything since then has just has really been him trying to make up for that mistake. 2019 draft class, I like. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Keep an eye on those late late, late picks. Do you talk about Fenton, mm-hmm. Darwin, Allegretti's probably going to start for this team at some point. Mm-hmm. So like, I like that, but like, I think that 2018 class is really it's he's playing catch up from from it's completely tanking that class. Right. So that's where that's where I that's where I start with that. Um, I'll defend Sammy Watkins and I'll defend Frank a little bit, but <laughs> well, see, I'm I'm actually I was a big. Sammy defender because I felt like I love the fact that Brett said, you know what, this offense is already so talented, but fuck it. Let me give, let me spend some money and give Patrick Mahomes another mm-hmm. blanket of, you know, another protective play piece. Right. Here's the problem though. Sammy's not on the field, literally 50% of the games. That's not okay. Right. And that falls at the feet of Brett Beach because he's the one that spent the money on him. Here's the thing that could save Brett Beach. Frank Clark turns a corner. Yeah. Frank Clark comes in for the rest of the season and balls out like he's got to be in the field too, though. Even if he plays, yeah, that's the thing. That's the other thing I'm talking about. But let's say, let's say, let's say Frank takes a week off, comes back against the Vikings, starts back where he was at against the Broncos, right? Highest plays aggressive, player in history, quarterback right? pressures, this and this and this and this and this, right? Yeah. If he turns the corner, all of a sudden Brett Veach looks like he knows what he's doing. 
because you're giving up a first-round pick and paying $100 million for a guy that actually is performing and is actually contributing to wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem, though, is that we're still sitting here in this, like we're twisting in the wind right now with Brett Veach because I obviously Andy Reid trusts him. Obviously, Andy, because they, they go back years. I mean, this guy was an intern in Philadelphia. This guy worked his way up, and I respect the hell out of that. And I think he's a good dude. I think, I think he loves the game of football, and I think he has a, a certain level of understanding of how to build a team. My problem, though, is so far he's made more mistakes than good. I'm not expecting perfection. Yeah, he's, he's a young GM. Too. He's. I, I get it. I get it. But see – in We've all been Chiefs fans our whole lives. Right, right, right. This is the closest is I think we've ever been as adults, yeah. at least, where this team, you know, we're in this win now mode. Yep. He made win now moves. He's well aware and of that. those win now moves are not really working out. Luckily, we have Patrick LeBlanc Mahomes that's filling the gaps and, and, and almost causing us to forget the problems that yep. Brett Beach has created. the warts for sure. But there, that's the problem is that I, I don't know if I believe that this guy is capable of building a consistent winner because although we are in all-in-now all, all mode, Patrick Holmes is 24 years old, which means we're going to have him for at least another 12, 13 years as our quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say with any amount of confidence that Brett Veach is the guy that's going to give us the offense is going to be okay. I think as long as Patrick Mahomes is here, mm-hmm. they got to you got to start building the defense. And what scares the shit out of me is what you just said, yeah, about the cornerback position. I think, yeah, okay, because he created the problem, Ken. He did. He, he definitely the problem. He definitely created a little bit of the negligence. Problem I'm not even going to like defend that. And I mean, even things like Sammy Watkins, I can only defend to a certain point too, because you're right. He's not. He's not stayed healthy and stuff like that. And Frank, we'll see. I think Frank. Is getting a little weight, a little too much negativity out there, right. and also I think he's playing through some stuff. I, I and obviously after a neck injury too, I think he's been playing through some stuff this entire season because how he's playing is different, which indicates it's he's not even the same dude. Like he's not even doing the His exact same thing. His aggression is not the same as what it was in Seattle. His either. pass rush plan, yeah. what he's doing, he's been good against the run on his. He's side. He's been good against the run too, yeah. but like even like his hands and his hand usage and his playing with power and all that stuff. Anyways, right. I don't want to. We can. That's a whole other story for another day. But I think you know, Brett Veach should not like. He should not be. Um, he, he should. He deserves criticism. Like one hundred percent. He does a hundred percent deserve criticism. And there's a lot of negative things that are going against him. It's kind of been a snowball effect, mm-hmm. and it really started with 2018. Everything since then has been trying to make up for those mistakes, trying to make up and trying to address the cornerback position when he should have already been doing it. And the the problem I have, I mean, he can, Anthony Hitchens hasn't been what he's worth, you know, either. Like, I mean, he's not. He's been healthy for one, and he hasn't it? been producing. Like he, he doesn't look as good. Right. He doesn't look as he's good. He's lost a step, it definitely looks like. Maybe, or he's just thinking too much. I mean, well, a lot of responsibility. Him being the you know the guy to kind of be the captain out there. Too. And I think and in last week he looked, he was good there and he helped. And yeah, he, yeah. And but I don't think we've seen it consistently. Consistently, yeah. they kind of any linebacker consistency from anybody. I have a hard time pinning it on just Brett though. And this is it's it's the most convoluted, nuanced thing that I've had. Like because we go and we go backwards and we deconstruct this thing and look like, for instance, the cornerback position. We trace every cornerback move that could have happened and they could have done. Mm-hmm. And all we do is we wind up looking at the 2000. We always wind up at the 2018 draft class. Like you should have addressed it there. But yeah. Bob Sutton was there last year. They were building that defense for Bob. They, the next year, they have to build it for Spags. 
So like, there's just all these little things that keep happening and mm. keep getting in the way of like some of these roster no construction. Continuity. There's yeah, and like, and, but the decisions and and how everything is kind of laid out to this point really makes it a challenge too. Yeah. The Chiefs were going to take a cornerback at thirty at third twenty nine. They all went right before we had the chance. They, they were going to well, they were going to take <laughs> one at twenty nine last year uh-huh. when they had a first round pick, and then they decided, okay, let's weigh the options. Do we have an, uh, one of the best pass rushers in football mm-hmm. and acquire him, or do we take? Yeah. Rock Yesen. And that's, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now, too. So, like, it's it's so convoluted. And it's I, I have this conversation a lot. Like, we talk about this a lot on, you know, our show and, and when we're off off air and stuff. It's it's a it's a cluster. It is. It's just a yeah. massive cluster. Well, because eventually you have to you have to almost start, you know, putting it at the feet of Andy Reid, because again, we all do know that he is the guy. Like he is the one that's going to make the decision. I think Brett Beach is more more than anything the guy that's saying, "Hey, Andy, I like this guy. I think he would fit on your team. You make the decision." So I don't want to put. I agree with you. I don't want to put all the blame on Brett. Right, right. What I what I my concern is is he going to give Andy the right suggestions? Is he going to mm-hmm. say this is the right guy and Andy pulls the trigger based on the trust he has with Brett and it pans out? Because we look at this linebacker core. It's what Brett Veach has built, or right. at least suggested that Andy says, let's do it. Sure. Right. And it has, it's been horrible. We have one of the worst linebacking cores in football. It's not close. Anthony Hitchens' contract is actually worse than Sammy Watkins's because mm-hmm. they can actually get out of Sammy's contract. Yeah. That's well, they, the just, problem. they just restructured Anthony Hitchens, too. Sure. To I, make it so right. that he's going to be around here. Well, that he'll be here for longer. Basically, they reserve. Well, we could possibly make another move if we needed to and you know, have more cap space. Yeah. And I and like, I don't hate the Sammy Watkins move either because right. now next year they can move on. Like, right. I do like that flexibility. I, I want to do talk about Andy, though. Do it. One thing that I, I Andy Reid, if if you pay enough attention and if you if you if you keep your eye on everything, Andy Reid is kind of perfect at this whole PR public perception thing. Andy Reid takes ownership for everything mm-hmm. to the point where everyone's just like, "Oh, that's Andy. That's Andy being Andy. He's just taking ownership for everything." So it creates this like you are you are without blame almost to some degree it's like dismissive whenever you take ownership of something because it's like a kid that says sorry every day mm-hmm. you know so andy's built this really great framework for himself he passes all the blame or he passes all the credit and all that stuff and, and pushes a lot of the personnel stuff to, to brett veach and stuff like that but andy's running this show yes everything right. that happens in that building is is signed off by andy reed mm-hmm. like flat out so He's kind of got this really nice dynamic where by owning everything and claiming ownership of everything, he gets passively he gets he gets a pass on a lot of stuff, right? It's really a brilliant tactic. Yeah, everyone's expecting to do that and say that here's the this pro- is on me. Here's, right. the, here's, on here's me. the problem. Everything's on me. Here's the problem with that though. I agree with everything you're saying, and it is genius. If it works. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Let's stop working in Philly. Fourteen years in Philadelphia. Yeah. What is the thing that Philly fans say? Oh, Andy. Yep, of course. And they made a damn song about it, about how Andy, oh, we got to play. I got to do better. I got to do better. It does. It, I understand. It does dismiss a lot of things, and it takes the. But here's the other problem. Andy's also very loyal to a fault. He was. Oh, Bob he Sh- Bob definitely Sh- is. Bob Sutton should have been gone years ago. Years yeah, that, ago. That's changed, though. Spags is his guy. They're friends. They've been friends for many years. Maybe Spags is the guy for the job. But maybe he's not. There was a lot of questions with him going into this season. Brett Veach, oh, what do you know? That was his guy back from Philadelphia. Like, I get that you want to work with people that you're comfortable with, but they got to be good at their job. 
And that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm looking at this team. Like, again, Patrick Mahomes is going to cover up a lot of that stuff because he's just that great. Right. But are these guys around him going to be good enough? That's my – I'm concerned, I, I, man. I think there's a – at some point there's going to be a question had down the road about if Andy Reid's power and, and ability to go unchecked and all that stuff – is ultimately what keeps him from winning a Super Bowl. If that is if that is to happen, or why he hasn't won a Super yeah. Bowl in twenty years, it's a warranted worry for sure. Yeah, it's an absolute worry because, like I said, he's been to one Super Bowl in twenty years. It isn't he hasn't won one. Mm-hmm. He's only been to one. Right. That's that's concerning, man. That's really good. he's a great coach. I love Andy Reid. I do. And see, like this is where that's the tough thing. Yeah. Like, everything about like it, everything about that situation is nuanced the same way it is about Brett. Like this is just—it's right. a very complicated. It's a very complicated structure. It's a complicated ordeal. It's a complicated legacy. There's mm-hmm. so much just nuance to the entirety of all of it. And if you add all these little things together, they ultimately lead to Andy Reid not having a Super Bowl. Right. Everyone wanting to, you know, fire Brett Veach. And in some of it's warranted. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. A lot of Andy Andy wields a lot of power in that building though. And there's even some of the stuff with this with the with the you know executive side of it. I mean, it, there's a, a struggle to, to there's a struggle to see a clear delineation outside of the building, yeah. right? All of us were looking at like who's to blame, and that's how Andy likes it. Yeah, he 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 gets he gets he gets the credit when good things happen, <laughs> and he gets to skirt some of the blame when it happens too. And sure. some of it's his fault. And I don't want to be the hypocrite that sits here and acts like I wasn't praising Andy Reid before the season. Right. I thought he was the perfect coach for Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I still do. I still do. By the way, but I, I I don't want to I don't want to dunk on him too much because I still believe in Andy Reid. Absolutely, it's it's it's, it's complicated. It's, it's nuanced. So, it's, it's so very tough. It's a, it's a very tough place to be in. If this team wasn't dealing with the injuries they have right now, and and the Chiefs are you know five and two going against against the Packers team, and I feel very confident us beating them. I don't think we're having this conversation right now because I feel like we're just in a different mindset. This just clearly comes down to current events. And again, as he, always, for fans. Of course, yes. It and all I, comes down to Mahomes. I want to believe that Brett Veach is going to do the job. I want to believe that because he is Andy's guy. He's going nowhere. Brett Veach is going nowhere. I don't see him being – I don't see him out of Kansas City anytime soon. I, I just don't see it happen unless he just absolutely just tanks and just sucks and strikes out over and over again for the next three to four years. He's here in Kansas City. So obviously we got to hope that this works out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying with the track record, with everything collected, as much as I know a lot of fans like him and want to believe because he's associated and attached to the Patrick Mahomes draft pick, right? there's got to be more than that. It's got to be more well, than Patrick that. Patrick Mahomes draft pick is what uh, what created this new aggressive mentality that this franchise has, which we were never known for. We were never known to be on the prowl for trades and moves and being aggressive, even you know trying to scramble around and try to see who we can pick up because we were never the team. No one right. ever wanted to go to Kansas City. No free agents were like excited to come. Now that we have Mahomes, who is the centerpiece of this whole new era, this whole new aura of this city and this franchise, being the aggressive team, bringing this team that people want to play for now, that is what Veach is still, like you said, he's known for that. But you need, as a GM, you're known for the product and, and, and what comes from the picks and the moves you make. And him not having too much success with outside of Mahomes with the defensive players that he's made, that's going to be a knock on him until he actually gets yeah. some production from these players yeah, that he's moved around. It's a lot like the whole – and this sounds strange. You know, I want to get your mm-hmm. thoughts on this too, Kent. It's a lot like the whole Spagnolo situation and, and Bob Sutton. Yes, Spagnolo mm-hmm. does make a lot more adjustments than Bob did. When it's Bob, changed. Bob refused. Change. Yeah, Bob refused yeah. to make adjustments. He, right. was, he was like, you go out there, you play your guy, you just you know, yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Spags is all about adjustments. He likes making adjustments. That doesn't mean the adjustments are good. Mm-hmm. That just well, means you're making adjustments. 
My point is this. Brett Veach is aggressive as shit, and mm-hmm. I love that. It's so exciting to have a GM that like is aggressive. I know. Well, he's aggressive. He's aggressive because of Mahomes. Because he knows I, he needs I, to I, have, I have some. I have some different. Here. I, I think. I think Brett Veach is way too aggressive. Okay. I think he's done a lot of things with his draft capital. He's went and traded up for Breland Speaks. He's went and traded up for McCole Hardman. Went and traded up for Derek Nottie. Went and traded up for Khalil McKenzie. Went right. and traded up. Traded up. Traded up. Traded up. He does all that. I like some of his conviction and his belief in the players and the system and the ability to develop. I think those are all really good things. But I this team this team has burned a lot of capital, a lot of draft capital. And I'm not, I I will I like the Frank Clark decision. I like the process to sign Frank Clark. I like the decisions to sign Frank Clark and to trade that capital for him. I think that was the right move. Mm-hmm. And I think he's not playing healthy right now. And I still don't think he's playing that as bad as people are saying. So I will defend that one, but I think a lot of this overaggression and conviction is is good in a lot of regard. But it also has led to things like paying Anthony Hitchens nine million per year, Sammy Watkins. You know he's he's got the hamstring injury, trading picks for Reggie Ragland, Cam Irving, and you know I it's it's a mixed bag for sure, but. I I would have liked to see them be smarter with the capital. Well, and I agree with that. My my point is, when, when I talk about the aggressive side of things, I like it because one, it's been so different than the conservative style of GMs we've had in the past. It didn't it didn't pan out. The problem is, is what you just said though is the fact that although he's aggressive, the the plays they're not panning out. If if he was this aggressive. And let's say Anthony Hitchens became a stud in Kansas City. Yeah. Let's say Darren Lee and Damian Wilson, these other guys, became studs. Darren, Darren O'Daniel, Lee. like Darren O'Daniel, Darren O'Daniel becomes a stud. Bum. Uh, let's say, let's say, let's say Frank Clark, even through his injuries, is getting six sacks so far this season. Yeah. We're not sitting here going, man, I don't, I don't like how aggressive you. Or let's say Breland speaks. Sure. Let's just say one of those things happened. Yeah. If any of those things was happening, I feel like our our our, our feel of of Brett Veach's aggressiveness would be dramatically different. That's well, what yeah. I'm if if is if he that's was the if, problem. If good things were happening because of it, that's what I'm but saying. Nothing so, is. So that, that's what I'm saying. It isn't the aggressiveness that I feel like is wrong. I feel it's just what he's been aggressive towards. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that. Sure. That, yeah. I, mean, that's, I, that's I get it. it. It's it's the results of the process. Right. And like. I don't think the process is completely broken, and I don't think Brett Veach is unable, incapable of of uh, of eyeing talent. I think the 2019 class is exceeding my expectations, and I feel pretty good about it. Juan Thornhill is a stud. Mm-hmm. Colin Saunders has actually shown some promise the last couple of weeks. I thought he was kind of getting a red shirt. McCool Hardman, he's productive. I don't think he's like a world beater. He's kind of what we thought he was going to be. Sure. He's promising, but he's got the speed, and mm-hmm. Andy knows how to use the speed, and they're using him correctly. And then I talked about the, you know, the day three guys like Fenton's shown promise. Allegretti, he's Darwin shown Thompson. promise. Darwin, shown yeah. promise. Like those are all day three flyers that you feel pretty good about. So like I like that. One thing I, I, I don't want to defend Brett too much because I think he's got his flaws. No doubt about it. And I think he's got issues. And I think he's got to fix some things. But boy, he's gotten thrown into a mess as far as having to navigate so many things over the last two years be it getting a job before the season starts mm-hmm. with switching defensive coordinators with, you know, having to deal with the Tyreek Hill situation during the off season with, you know, trying to have to figure out what to do with D Ford and, and Justin Houston, Eric Berry, Eric Berry taken up about what? Right. 13% or it's eight, 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 nine 9% of the salary cap and not playing like yeah. So many things. He's handled it well from that. Getting aspect. getting all of John Dorsey's contracts off the books. Right. No, if you noticed a trend, if you pay attention, how many John Dorsey guys 
has 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 Brett Veach resigned? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the first one. That'll be the know. first one. Chris yeah. Jones is probably Travis not. Kelsey will be Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he yeah. Will, he'll, he but will they've be. got him for another couple years. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Schwartz will probably get another contract. Yeah, well, he, just I mean, did. he didn't draft him. Yeah, but he, he brought you know him. Saying. He brought. I get your point. Yeah. So Chris Jones is probably this is probably Chris Jones's last year in Kansas City. <sighs> I'm not so ready for that. he's he's probably that's Tyreek Hill obviously got his contract. So he technically uh, okay. So there you him. go. Yeah. That's the first one. That is yeah. the first. Yeah. That is the first John Dorsey guy that Brett Veach has kept. Yeah, and that's I think that does a common sense move. Yes, he's he's extremely talented. He's a good football player. Yeah. So. And and, and I, that's part of the, that's part of it probably. There's just like a there's a line between, yeah. but I mean, even some of the guys like you, know, you traded Marcus Peters, you cut they cut Cream Cut, you know, like mm-hmm. all those things. Like he's had to clean up some mess. He yeah. really has. Like there's there has been, and I don't want to say I'm, I'm not even saying Peters and Hunt were the biggest messes. I'm just like contractually, you're putting like, it all together. If you yeah. combine it all yeah. together, yeah. like yeah. there's a lot of stuff they've had to deal with. He's had to navigate. He's done a really good job with all that. It's just the the picks haven't manifested themselves, and some of the aggressiveness in the free agency hasn't always panned out. But it it's a thin line, man. It's a thin line. In this yeah, league. The patience is short. With patience is, is short. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't think he's going to get let go this year. I think if this if this next offseason doesn't go well, it might be it for Brett Feach at the end Ooh, of twenty. Man, I really do. I think that I, they don't have a ton of time. Man. Don't have a ton of time. All right, interesting. I, I I like that thought. That's something I would definitely like to continue to talk about. But I think we're going to leave it right there because we have our favorite segment of the week. Kent's done this before. He actually stole mine one time. It was guys, awesome, guys. What's the what, what's the segment called again? <laughs> Hold this L. It's time. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> Le him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Company. Since 2014, Casey Beard Company has been providing you with beard and skincare products handcrafted in Kansas City with 100% organic ingredients. Get it today. Visit CaseyBeardCo.com, social media, Casey Beard Co. Put Facebook, it on your Instagram, face. Yeah, put it on your face. You said that a few times, I feel like. <laughs> a few times. Just put it on your face. Kent, I hear that Kent actually enjoys a good Casey Beard Co. I or two. do. I do enjoy a good KC Beer Co. product. Yeah. I have you got the beard coming back in. I got the good. butter in right now. There you go. Yeah, uh, I love the butter. The it, oh great. my god! We got you a fresh batch tonight, by the way. So do not leave without that. Appreciate my guy. The yes. soap. I use the soap batch. all the time too. The, the soap is a big time seller, man. My so. kid likes the soap too. He's like, <laughs> I want to wash. I want. He wants the soap for his beard that he <laughs> has. My three year old. But he, he likes to play with You're it. not the first one that has a son that uses our products. We really? Have, my Your son I, is a freak. I have a, I have a, friend, <laughs> I have a friend named Brandon, actually. His son is four, and he throws the beard oil on every once in a while. So we're, the we're beard oil, too. The <laughs> beard oil smells delightful. Oh, oh shout, my God. I feel, like, refreshed. Shout out to little Swanson. I appreciate that, man. We'll, we'll get you hooked up as well when the time comes. <laughs> when the face fuzz erects. Um, so we're going to get right to the holding of the L's. Mr. Swanson, who is holding the L this week for the Pride mm. of Arrowhead Pride? 
Uh, I think we got to go throw it back to the 2018 defense. My guy Orlando Scandrick got dumped this week. Yeah. And is not taking it well. Oh. He's going on uh, undisputed and and spilling all the secrets of the Eagles, giving honest opinions. So petty. You hear about this? I must have missed this one. I know. I knew there was problems going with Carson Wentz. Dude, and uh, he defended Carson Wentz. No, 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 no. no, I'm saying uh, wide receiver. Um, 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 uh, Alshon Jeffrey was supposedly the insider for. the reporter oh, Justine Anderson. Anderson. So yeah. I knew there's been a lot of yeah. problems. So this, I guess, some adds weird to stuff it. going the, on. There. There's some stuff going behind the scenes. He called out uh, Malcolm Jenkins. He is basically being a crazy ex right now, and it's kind of funny. So Orlando Skandrick for being a crazy ex. Hold this hell. God, I got. I'm gonna have to go search this up now. Dude, I've yeah. not heard this story. Today. It's, it just happened today. Just ha- okay. Just that, makes today. that makes it's sense. That makes sense. It's funny that you. Yours was a Philadelphia Eagles L, and mine's also going to be a Philadelphia Eagles L, but for a different reason. This is, let's continue this dumpster fire, shall we? <laughs> um, mine's actually going to go to the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson. Dougie Fish. One, Dougie Doug Peterson. Um, as many of you know, he had a presser before the game against the Cowboys, and he said, and I mm-hmm. quote, we're going to go down to Dallas, and we're going to win. Yep. Look, I'm all for confidence. I'm all for a coach trying to, you know, light a fire under the asses of his guys in his locker room. But when you do things like that and you say things like that, you're not just lighting a fire under the ass of your locker room. You're fire. You're lighting a fire under the asses of the team that you're facing as well. Yeah. Not only is that team the Dallas Cowboys, who had a major chip on their shoulder heading into that game already from losing two straight games, one to the embarrassing loss against the Jets. Bums. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we are all saying that, right? So they go in there. Not only do they lose, right? They lose. What was the final score here? Let's see. A lot. It was a thirty-seven, a whopping thirty-seven to ten. No ten. That close. Absolute blowout. Carson Wentz looked horrible. (laughs) Their defense was absolutely abysmal. Dak was just shredding them apart with not only his legs but his arm. Amari was just destroying every every everything about that game. You can tell that that effect that quote alone. I think he tried to walk it back a little bit as the game was approaching when he was asked, you know, to ask about that quote um but yeah just i like i said i appreciate the confidence uh, the confidence as a head coach but usually you you know you should know better as a head coach to, to, to say things like that blatantly like that you know anybody who hears that as the opposing team is going to take that as not only a threat but a, a downplay on their skill and their and you know and a team that's already hurting yeah you know in the dallas cowboys who have a lot of pride you know as america's team quote unquote um false yeah, Patrick Levon Mahomes. Yeah, I like yes. it. He's America's hero. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he is Captain America. My America. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, so to carry on with this Philadelphia Eagles um, shit show, um, we'll go ahead and give uh, Coach Doug Peterson this L. And uh, so, Coach Doug Peterson, Dougie Doug, go ahead and do me a favor and uh, hold, hold this L. Damn, I like Doug too. Yeah, I, I, I like him in Kansas was, City. That was a silly. That was a silly quote, man. It was pretty dumb. He had a brass set letting uh, Nick Foles suggest that Philly special. That was that was a big thing. He could have said, Nick, Dude, just get on the field and shut the fuck up. Can you really tell Big Dick Nick no? That is a good point. <laughs> well, Too much swag. good luck Dang. when Gardner Minshew's standing in the way because that, that's going to be an awkward breakfast. Yeah. Nick Foles might be holding the Nelson. <laughs> you know what he I'm saying? 80, well, $88 million, and he might be getting his baby, benched. His baby collarbones for, for the, holding that For out. the handlebar. Um, <laughs> he has ever known, yeah. like – you know, and, and it's somebody that's like super experienced in a field, and and they're so confident that they know 
what is going to happen, and then they look like complete fools when it doesn't end up turning out that way. <laughs> I know where this one's going. <laughs> <laughs> say it, baby. Say it. Let's go. So, 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 just about a day ago, <laughs> we had uh, <laughs> an experienced NFL Hall of Famer that is now on a TV show called First Things First with my guy Nick Wright. This one hits close. Mis- to home. Mr. Chris Carter. Um, hey, Cece. Listen, I love I love former players that talk football because I they you know they have an insight of a game that some of us will never have, and I get that. Like Troy Aikman, <laughs> suck it, Troy. Like Dan Fouts. Can I change up a douchebag name as Troy? Can I change my L mid L? Who named the kid Troy? Because ever knows he looks like the white Jay Z. Like he really does. He's man. a great white ape, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he looks like a no. But here's the thing. Like Chris Carter goes on the show and David and Carr, Nick, dude. Oh, I hate worst. that man. Chris Carter goes I'm on the show and says, you know, and Nick Wright. Nick Wright's still very connected to Kansas City. He knows a lot of people here still, and he has a lot of insight. And Nick was of the belief there was no way in hell that that Patty was going to play this week against the Packers. Well. Chris Carter goes on this tangent about bravado and the machismo of, of, of an NFL player and how, you know, this is how things are going to – and I'll be honest. Listening to Chris, I was like, shit, maybe yeah. he knows something. That's about the time you texted me. Yeah. And that's, well, that's <laughs> my balls are tangled. Bro, that's yeah. what got my pants to shriek yeah. a little bit was, was Chris Carter acting the way he was. So I tweeted What's it out. No? And I'm like, What's holy no? shit, Chris Carter's making, like, valid points, I think. Yeah. And it isn't just that, so the, that he was confident. Too. Yeah. Nick Wright literally asked a question when he said, when Chris Carter said that he would be shocked if Patty isn't playing this week against the Packers. Nick goes, oh, so you think he plays this week? And Chris doesn't even hesitate and goes, I know he's playing this week. So listen, cracker. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> it, I'm glad we are an hour and a half into this show. I'm glad that's towards the end. <laughs> Hopefully nobody hears that part. Hey, the man, bounce rate towards the end. It's all love. So, so <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I like the confidence from Chris Carter. I love the fact he knows the game. But Jesus, man, like you—you you made it sound like you had like some intel that was was that we all missed supposedly that Patty was playing this week, and he couldn't have been more wrong because Andy comes right out in the press conference the first eight seconds of the press conference. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes is missing this week. Like it, it was, it was, it was so comical because I had a bad feeling just based off the fact I was talking to Kent. Kent's like, dude, there's no way he's playing this week. But I still bought into yeah. it. So did you, and it's my, myself. But so, so did Twitter too. No yeah. man, it exploded. It exploded it bad. A national TV show. Sure, you like, shouldn't be holding the L. I'm in Twitter. You and all of Cheese Twitter, dude. I might have the most L's on the show. Got excited. Like I'm like the Rick Flair. <laughs> I might. Bro, I might be the Rick Flair of L's. Like I've had so many damn L's, dude. It's insane. Like, I'm like, the, I'm, like, I'm like the Yankees of L's, but I, but this week I'll donate. You're a natural boy. I'll yeah. natural L. Yeah. Um. I. By the way, hold Uh-oh. on. Oh God. I, hold on. I'm gonna give the. Don't worry. We're gonna get to Chris in a second. Oh, I have God. this pun. Oh. That I saw. It was, it was a. It was a dad joke on uh, on, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, if you haven't been following this guy, his his at is at Kent underscore Swanson. <laughs> the dad joke was dad joke I've been crafting. What kind of dinosaur likes country music? What, what is it, Ken? It's a Bill Ray Saurus. <laughs> hold this L, Kent. Hold this L. Look, look, you can tell me to hold the L. I'll, I'll, I'll catch it. No, I just don't. I totally just go, go to I sleep, just thought of, I screenshotted that. I screenshot. Like, dude, I'm going to talk about this on the show. And I'm so glad we got it. I almost just ended the show without talking about L. That's a bonus L. You, you guys know how much I love puns. 
Uh, you can't sure. spell Billy Ray Cyrus without an L. You gotta have two. <laughs> couple on Sorry, I've yeah. hijacked you. Right. No, no, no. This is great. I'm very As much as I love Kent's content with the Chiefs, I think I love his puns better. <laughs> In fact, let's just next time you come on, dude, let's just talk puns. Like, oh, no. I would love that so much, dude. That's my favorite thing on this planet is puns. And I get hate so much, I don't give a shit. Thank you for being here. I have you, a support Kent. group for you. <laughs> I'll let you in. We, we, we have matching jackets. I need it. We meet every oh, Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesdays are good for me. 6 a.m. It's, it's, Tuesdays uh, aren't good for me now. 6.09 <laughs> a.m. Bring me coffee and donuts and I might make an appearance once. Uh, I'll be late. I'll be two hours late. It's early. So reel it back in. Chris Carter, please do me a favor and hold, hold this hell. Because yeah. god dang, you look stupid, man. That was so bad. That was so bad. Going on national television. I know he's playing. And... Yeah, Batty's not playing. And all of Chiefs Twitter. Chris, I know you're listening. So. Yeah. Chris is definitely Big time listener, Absolutely. big fan of the show. Uh, regular, you know, big time guy. So I, I appreciate all your support, Chris, but you got to hold L. Um, also, just an additional L real quick. Um, if you guys notice to my left, there's an empty chair. <laughs> and if you guys notice also when we do our intros, you didn't hear your yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. That's because one Eddie Ortiz decided to skip out on us tonight to go to a damn WWE. Uh, what do they call that? A, a convention? It's, uh, it's uh, not a convention. It's like <laughs> two oily dudes rubbing off against each other. It's like Comic Con. And, and, and undies. They're like they're in like their underwear. It's an actual event. It's an actual happening. Doesn't Freddie Prince Jr. still write for them? Like, I hope so. I hope that's true. Eddie, you're gonna have to hold an L this week, bro. You missed out on Kent Swanson, dude. Like, and Kent was all excited. I remember like Kent walked in the door and like, "Where's my, where's my Eddie at?" I wore my Eddie T-shirt. He wore his Eddie T-shirt. I love Eddie. No Eddie. He's, he's got your face on there, man. Yeah, dude. And it's that's and that's hard to put your it's face not. on a T-shirt. Eddie. That's a <laughs> friendship. That that we had to pay a guy extra to put your head, your face on that shirt. You I know? knit him a bracelet, <laughs> and he just is not. <laughs> and I'm wearing it now, Eddie. Congratulations! I got your knitted bracelet. He's not pulling it off. Hold this L, Eddie. <laughs> hold this L, Kent. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, dude. Seriously. I, Anytime, man. You you guys bust ass. You kick ass at oh, AP, yeah, man. man. Arrowhead Pride. If you're not following them now, you're, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Go to Arrowhead Pride, guys, for all the best exclusive content with the Chiefs. They do an amazing job, and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting eight feet in front of me. Well, especially from the intellectual aspect. Yes. Of you, Craig. Who? Intellectual? Where? Deep, actual keep deep looking. analysis of numbers and things of stuff. Yeah, where's Craig at? <laughs> well, mo- it's mostly Craig. Yeah. 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 No, let's just be honest. His back hurts. His back hurts. That's what I mean. <laughs> no, but, but Matt Lane, uh, you know, Pete, all you guys, man, you guys all do an incredible job. Thank you so much for taking your time. I know that sure, man. the family makes their sacrifices with you doing what you do already. For you to take a Friday night out, dude, it always means so much to us. And you are always welcome here to come and hang out. And the beer helps. The beer yes. helps. The pizza. I'm sure <laughs> Topper, shout out to Loosen Toppers. Things up. Um, but in that, man, like I said, uh, I really appreciate it, man. Oh, so, anytime, so, man. so thank you so much. Glad Go follow Kent underscore Swanson on Twitter. Has some great stuff, puns mostly, but also there's some Chiefs content in there mixed around. Yeah. So in that, football. Good in that, in that, episode 35 is a wrap. For Kent Swanson, for the empty chair of Eddie Ortiz at the WWE <laughs> convention, uh, for Trevor Twidwell, yes. I am Lance Twidwell here inside the KC Beard Co. studio saying the spoken is out. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the spoken. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit.